Hi, and welcome to Center Stage with Ashley and Paige. I'm Ashley. And I'm Paige. Today we'll be discussing how Black Lives Matter operates in the UK and Japan. We'll be focusing on the responses to the Black Lives Matter movement within these two countries, as well as their reactions to the protests that occurred in summer 2020 in the US. First, I'll provide an overview of the response in the UK, in which I'll feature clips from an interview we recorded with Emily, a British university student. Then, I'll give an overview of the response to Japan, which will feature segments from an interview we recorded with an undergraduate from Tokyo. We'll conclude the podcast by comparing and contrasting the responses in the two countries. The UK has a long history of police brutality towards Black people. For example, Black people make up 3% of the total population, but 8% of those who die in police custody. Additionally, police are three times more likely to arrest a black person than a white person in the UK. Importantly, British police don't carry guns and only use lethal force when they deem that is absolutely necessary. In the UK, there is a Black Lives Matter group called Black Lives Matter UK that describes itself as a nonpartisan group working for racial and social justice. The group aims to create relationships with and gain understanding from the public and businesses in order to promote discussion about racism in the UK and break down the factors that uphold racism. There are other groups in the UK fighting for racial justice, such as All Black Lives UK, a youth-led movement. Leaders from these sorts of groups help organize and sustain the protests that occurred in the UK over the summer. Protests in the UK began on May 28th at the US Embassy in London, three days after George Floyd was murdered. This was the first protest that occurred outside of the US. Demonstrators and supporters used the protests and the resulting conversations that have occurred to stand in support of the movement in the U.S., but also to bring attention to the issues of racism and police brutality within the U.K. I mean, I think people are generally aware that kind of racism and hate crimes happen, but I feel like a very British thing to do is to be like, oh, it's really bad in other countries, but let's ignore what we're doing here. Um, And I think there was a backlash in that. But I, um, I do think there's more conversations opening up and um, there's, you know, petitions. And so I, I do think there is an acknowledgement of it, too. Overall, there is not a lot of media attention given to these protests, especially as time went on, even though the protests garnered a lot of support from participants and continued for many months. There was one particular moment covered in the media that Emily believed may have shifted perspectives on BLM in the UK. There was a moment, I don't know if it was shown in American media, but there was a kind of viral moment in the UK where in one of the London protests, there was a backlash of right wing people kind of coming to argue with them. And one of those, one of the right wing people got injured. And then it was the Black Lives protesters that carried him out and like got him to safety so he could get medical attention. I saw that actually, yeah. That was a kind of moment where people were like, oh, like, this is a I mean it shouldn't it shouldn't be that I in my opinion it shouldn't be that we have to like see them defend you know look after the other side to be seen as good but I think that was a kind of moment of changing perspectives in the UK at least. Over the summer there were also pushes for the removal of various statues at Oxford since 2015 there has been a movement to remove a statue of Cecil Rhodes the movement had dwindled out a bit but it was revived this summer And in Bristol, protesters removed a statue of Edward Colston, who was involved in the Atlantic slave trade, and they tossed the statue in the river. 
So the removal of the Colston statue drew criticism from Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who said that he would not be afraid to use force if protesters tried to remove the Rhodes statue in the same way that they did Colston's. And as for Prime Minister Johnson's response to the Black Lives Matter movement as a whole and police brutality in the U.S., um, in June, he acknowledged that he understood the injustices that had occurred in the U.S., while he also stressed the importance of maintaining social distancing at protests due to the coronavirus pandemic. And he also emphasized that anyone who tried to attack or injure police would face, and I quote, the full force of the law. He did agree to launch an investigation into the broader issue of inequality across a range of issues such as employment, health outcomes, and education. From Emily's point of view, Boris Johnson's actions speak louder than his words. He did come out and acknowledge structural racism. I just think it's kind of performative because I don't think he does. He kind of puts in policies or creates actions to like back up what he says. Um, And I think I don't know. I don't know how it's kind of reported on in America. Obviously, you've had the election. So, you know, I don't know if it would come up. But there was just the big case of um, not funding like free school meals for children over Christmas. Um, that are in poverty and obviously that like disproportionately affects um, black and minority communities in Britain and um, then he brushed off um, a black footballer Marcus Rashford for raising money so these so kids could eat so yeah I I think what Boris Johnson does does is pretty performative when it comes to Black Lives Matter. The larger governmental response to the BLM movement in the UK as a whole has been mixed. The Home Secretary had a similar reaction as the Prime Minister did to the removal of the Colston statue and described the protesters' acts as utterly disgraceful. And as for the British Parliament as a whole, um, almost 60% of parliamentary members who tweeted in the two weeks following the killing of George Floyd tweeted about something related to Black Lives Matter. A majority of these tweets were supportive of the movement, but members of the Conservative Party were more likely to criticize the movement and express their opposition to calls for or the actual removal of statues. Finally, as for the impact these protests have had so far, Emily has seen change within her university and believes there is potential for change down the road. Um, have, do you see that they've enacted any like substantive change within the UK? Or like do you think that there's hope that there will be like systematic changes? I don't. I think, I hope there will. I think um, there is, I mean, I, I go to a university that came off really badly in Black Lives Matter. Um, and, it, you know, it's quite shocking. But like now that I'm going there, there's kind of, they've started to, to push more conversations around it. So I guess I can say I've seen change in that way. Um, and I, I think there is a push for systematic change. I don't, under Johnson's government. I don't know if it will happen, um, but I hope it will. I think there are a lot of people that want, want that. It's Ashley, and now I'll be doing this segment on Japan with a few interjections every now and then from our undergraduate from Tokyo. Hello. The 2018 census in Japan shows that 97.8% of the population is Japanese, while not even 0.5% out of the remaining 2.2% of residing foreigners are of African descent, which means that in Japan, about 0.011% of the population is Black. However, the few Black foreigners residing in Japan took charge in June of 2020 after the murder of George Floyd. 
protests in areas all over the country, such as Kyoto, Tokyo, and Osaka, have garnered up to 3,500 people. Yeah, I, I think it was probably several thousand people. I think 3,000, 4,000. I could be off, but it, was, it seemed like a lot of people because Japan's a very homogenous country and you don't really see like people who aren't Japanese, like, and especially people who are white or black, like in the around um, in your day to day. And like, suddenly, like there were so many people like clustered in this, like one location to uh, in this park to, to protest. So the question is, is the main sentiment behind these protests to stand in solidarity with the protesters of the United States or review the microaggressions and racist situations foreigners in Japan face? That being said, with such a low population of foreigners, let alone those of African descent, opposition to the BLM movement within Japan is not surprising. Many natives have considered the BLM protests within the country to be an insult to the country and a false accusation of the country's otherwise welcoming nature towards foreigners. Moreover, the movement is thought to be as an American movement, irrelevant to the issues occurring in Japan. I think you're buried. I, I think like the one of the reasons that like the local law enforcement was okay with it was that it was primarily framed as like an America issue, like Black Lives Matter is about what's happening in the United States. Um, and people were, you know, as we're marching, it's like saying similar things to the protesters in the US, like no justice, no peace, things like that. Um, and holding up different different signs, like with the, the solidarity fist. So in, in that sense, I think it probably seemed pretty removed from what was going on in Japan. But one of the protests that I didn't go to, but witnessed, like kind of saw the beginning of, um, then they were more explicitly attacking the cops in Japan um, and like linking it, like you're saying, and like making it more of like a global uh, issue, a global sort of injustice and saying that the cops here are also, you know, mistreating um, immigrants, uh, asylees, which, which is true um, and sort of making it a, a larger thing. But the protest I went to seemed more US centric. In such a homogenized society, opposing groups against the BLM demonstrations have claimed that the protests only create more issues and conflicts. Nobuyuki Suzuki, the assemblyman of Katsushika Ward, demanded in a video on Twitter that any foreigner who engages in a street protest should be tracked down by the police and expelled from the country. In 2017, the Ministry of Justice in Japan, conducting a survey of 18,500 people equally distributed across 37 cities, the survey found that one-third of foreigners have experienced racism and 40% have suffered housing discrimination. What this shows is that racism in Japan is not only individual, but also institutionalized. And while there are no nationwide surveys to determine support or opposition for BLM Japan, Japanese public broadcast NHK released an animation on television to educate specifically the youth on the BLM movement. However, it seems the animation missed the mark. It just sort of like uh, framed the situation in, in a misleading way and also brought it bought into certain like uh, reductive and harmful stereotypes about Black people. So that was kind of like canned um by by people here especially americans but in the broadcast a large and angry african-american man waves his arms in the streets as other african-americans stand behind him stopping their feet by an overturned and burning car the black man angrily expresses his frustration with the wealth gap and the negative effect that covid 19 has had on black business but not once does it refer to george floyd or brianna taylor or trayvon martin and not once does it say the word racism 
It's difficult to say whether a misinformed broadcast is a product of a lack of research or an effective protest, but the miscomprehension of the movement by Japan's national broadcast is not promising to the effectiveness of BLM protests within Japan. I think, again, it was like, oh, that's an issue in the United States. Like, that's something they're dealing with over there. This can be due in part to the continuity of the message of the movement and even the diversity of the movement. Protests primarily made of Black individuals uphold the message that the BLM movement is a foreign issue, as shown by a group of Japanese individuals during a BLM protest at Shibuya Crossing, demanding protesters speak Japanese. Well, there's a lot to unpack here, so let's just get right to it. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of connections we can make between the protests in the UK and Japan in terms of diversity and worthiness. What do you mean? Well, in the UK, based on the pictures and articles I looked at, the protests appeared to have attracted a wide variety of people. It does seem like young people were more at the forefront of the movement, and Black people may have been overrepresented overrepresented among the protesters, but the participants definitely weren't limited to a specific race, gender, or age of people. Yeah, in Japan, the protests consisted primarily of foreigners, while Japan itself is a pretty homogenized country. So while there was a lot of diversity, that doesn't necessarily correlate to a more effective protest. Because of the diversity of the protests and the nature of the movement, BLM could be considered more of an American issue in Japan because of the fact that the ones representing BLM in the protests are not Japanese. That's interesting. Because it definitely seemed like the protests in the UK gained more traction. They did last for longer. And I guess that could be due to many different reasons. But the difference between the two countries in terms of the diversity of the protesters and you know, that diversity representing the the population within the country, that's definitely notable. Yeah, but in terms of worthiness, it gets a bit tricky. I think the standards of worthiness depends on the country we're talking about. Yeah, just so we're on the same page, by worthiness, do you mean the extent to which a cause is deserving of attention, like like peaceful protests and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think the evaluating the worthiness of protests in the UK is a little tricky. Well, when the protesters were engaged in more violent acts, such as removing the Colston statue and throwing in the river, they received a lot of backlash from the government. But the peaceful demonstrations garnered support and solidarity from other citizens and from government leaders. But then, again, on the other hand, leaders of the protests expressed that their concerns weren't really being fully heard by the government. Overall, though, I think the peaceful protests were were well-received, and even if there hasn't been much change in the UK yet, I think the conversation definitely seems to be starting. And how how about Japan? Well, in terms of Japan, it's pretty tricky to evaluate worthiness, too. Some protests intentionally didn't criticize the police in Japan or the government to make them seem more worthy of respect and attention, while others outwardly criticized the policing within Japan itself. While the protests that were more quote-unquote peaceful probably were more respected, I think they were probably a little too on the fence about whether to say something controversial or stick to being agreeable, which ultimately leads the entire BML cause of BML in Japan not being very coherent. Yeah, it's it all seems really kind of complicated. No, yeah, it really is. Yeah, and then I think it's also important that we take into account the different social structures in each country. Like in the UK, because the protests were attended by a diverse group of people and the protests received a good deal of support, they they seem to be more accessible for British citizens. Like the citizens had more freedom to express their support for the BLM movement through the peaceful protests because it was something in society that was wi- that was widely recognized, but you know, based on what you've talked about, it doesn't really seem like it was exactly that 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 way in Japan. 
No, yeah, in Japan, I think the outlook on the movement is affected by the fact that Japan is a homogenized country with a complicated history with foreigners. The fact that a lot of the people who are protesting BLM in Japan are foreigners probably makes it seem like the cause itself is not as deserving of attention in Japan. Foreigners, and especially those of African descent, definitely do not have the same social status as Japanese natives, so a movement that is by and for African Americans is probably not seen to be top priority. Yeah, and honestly, overall, it's like pretty hard to accept to evaluate the success of the BLM protests in both countries due to the different uh, social and political circumstances within, um, within each country. Uh, yeah, just like how we discuss how diversity and worthiness are, are very different uh, when you compare the UK and Japan. Yeah, and it's also pretty hard to assess whether if there's been any impact or change due to the fact that the BLM protests in each country are pretty recent. Um, I think the fact that it's hard to assess the success of BLM protests in UK and Japan, though, show how the con- context in which the protests occur affect how successfully and positively or negatively perceived the protests are. So in short, a BLM protest in Tokyo, if exactly replicated in London, would have a vastly different impact.